But I guess the point I'm making there is, you know, you just be wary that things like that can happen, that uh, if, you, if you stand back from a property and, and not sort of constantly keeping your eye on it kind of thing. So that was one thing that we've, uh, we discovered. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. This episode is sponsored by our Wonder Women program. I've been taking the opportunity during the lockdown to restructure our Wonder Women program to make it available to more women. This program is for women to harness their flair for creating beautiful homes to replace their income either now or in retirement. Now, you might ask why Wonder Women and not Wonder Men. Now, we definitely don't discriminate. However, most of our women are the driving force in their families. And like me, many of them have fantastically supportive partners. Some women have had the rough end of the stick in a relationship breakdown. But most of our women are an untapped talent. Many are unaware of what they're capable of, which is very exciting. Lastly, and most importantly, we want more than just money. Now, don't get me wrong, we freaking love making money, but we want to do it in a way that honours our love for beautiful homes while bringing others along with us on the journey. So Wonder Women is ordinary women doing extraordinary things, rising above their limitations, doing good, and most importantly, doing it together. It's a 30-something mum Placing, replacing her income from an inflexible job so she can stay at home with her babies. It's a 50-something grandma teaming up with her son, daughter or husband to create a six-figure profit that gives them all a huge lift. It's a 60-something woman who feels she's not well enough prepared for retirement, whether or not she has a partner, and is making an opportunity with her homemaking skills to replace or supplement her income. So if you want to be in the front of the line when we open the new Look Wonder Women, you can join the wait list at www.theschoolofrenovating.com forward slash Wonder Woman waitlist. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-W-O-M-E-N waitlist. Okay, so just one more thing before we get into this episode. I want to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and should not be considered personal advice. There are significant risks with buying and renovating property. And before you take any action, you should seek personal advice from your own financial planner, accountant, buyer's agent, and or financier that relates to your specific circumstances. So you minimize your risk and you maximize your profit. Hello there, it's Bernadette back with another episode. And today I'm interviewing Tim Daly. Now, Tim is one of our students and he recently decided to renovate and sell one of his investment properties. He'd owned it for 21 years. And while the value had gone up significantly, it was not really producing a lot of income other than covering the mortgage. And so wisely, he decided to do a renovation on the project 
to increase the value of the property so he could extract more cash from it on the sale. And I guess the reason I like this story is because it really demonstrates how flexible renovating is, how much you can tailor it to the way you operate. Like for me, I'm pretty hands-on. Not that I'm DIY hands-on, but I like to command complete control over my project. I'm in everything and that's what I love. However, Tim is a very laid-back character and he is a completely hands-off renovator. And however, he still managed to add an extra, well, he got $110,000 more than the reserve, more than he was expecting on the sale of the property, um, thanks to a, a smart strategic renovation. Okay, so let's get into it. So I want to welcome you to the podcast, Tim. Now, I am really excited about your project because I think that you really optimised every aspect of the sale of your property. And there are very few good news stories out of um, properties bought off the plan. Uh, but this is one of them. And so I thought it would be a good idea to have a bit of a chat about it. But before we do, do you want to Give me a little bit of background on your investment strategy. Okay, well, the uh, the investment strat strategy certainly at the time when I first bought that, um, the the whole idea was is to buy ten properties before I retire and and uh, basically live off the income of those, you know. So um, uh, and that was actually the very first one, that one uh, put put onto me by uh, my financial advisor at the time. Yeah, I, so I managed to buy it off the plan on the very first day that they went on sale. Uh, so I had to pick a Pick up the whole building, actually. Yeah, right. That was good. But that's, that's the, in a nutshell, that, that's the strategy anyway. So the yeah. strategy now is uh, slightly changed. I'm sort of um, moving into, uh, I guess you'd say, semi-retirement and moving up to Lismore up on the, in the Northern Rivers. I, I realised with, the, with the, uh, uh, the value of the property in Alexandria, selling that now, I could buy something outright up in Lismore and then uh, put the rest of it into my superannuation and live off an annuity off the superannuation. So that's, that's part of, that's, that was put the reason why I, I did this project with Alexandria. That's, so in, in effect, you're sort of downsizing. In a, in a way, and it's also really, I guess, uh, uh, because my accountant always said um, uh, rent out the places you own and, uh, and uh, rent, a, rent another place to live in, you know. So this way I sort of get rid of the uh, paying out weekly rent and because uh, that, that, that really is sort of like, for me, it's, uh, it's bleeding money, really. So I thought, yeah, well, time, uh, the Northern Rivers has been calling me for quite a while. Um, so I thought, yeah, it's time to go. Uh, as much as I love Sydney and Surrey Hills where I live, uh, it's, uh, yeah, time to move out of the, uh, the rental apartment and uh, head for warmer climes as yeah. they say so yeah it's interesting because i know like there's a lot of theory around you know what you're talking about um renting the properties uh that you own and 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 renting out and living in a rented property i personally don't subscribe to that because i think that in the long run you're a lot better off 
because you know I guess it might be different if the properties were delivering an income to you, but they haven't. It hasn't been, has it? The uh, Alexandria one's been uh, been really good as, as far as uh, it, it's been paying the mortgage. It's been uh, it's been uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's been it's been good for me in in the long run. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, but and it's not actually after twenty years. Was it delivering you an income? Uh, a, a small surplus each month. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you have been able to live on it? Oh, no, definitely not. No, yeah. no, no yeah. not that one. No. Yeah, so, um, but anyhow, it's panned out really well for you and that's the, the best thing. So do you want to just um, give us a bit of a rundown on what the property was or is and your strategy for maximising the most out of the sale of it? Well, uh, yeah, so I'd had it for 21 years um, and uh, it, it had increased, increased in value quite a bit. Um, I think I bought it 21 years ago for 325000 uh, I'd had uh, a managing agent looking after it for a long time and so when I decided that it was time to, uh, to sell the property, um, I spoke to him and he, he put me on to somebody who works uh, works with him? Who's because uh, because my managing agent specialises in the property management. So he put me on to somebody, a guy called Mark Horn from Billa Property, and so Mark came along and looked at it. And for a start, the the tenants I had in there, I'd had the the the, the ones were they were in there for fifteen years. So I was like feeling like a real rat, actually, sort of having to ask them to leave, you know. So when uh, the boys went in to do an appraisal of the property, the first thing the tenant said to them was, oh, I've got some bad news for you. We're going to have to move out. <laughs> so oh, it, was like, that. It, was, uh, it was amazing how, you know, this, the universe sort of like helps you out when you need to. And uh, their appraisal was for 850 to 880 uh, that was what they reckoned they could get for it. So then Mark said, let's let's do a, a reno on it because it hadn't been touched in 21 years, really, apart from new floors. We had a, a leak problem a, a few years back from another apartment. And so the beautiful floating timber floors had to be uh, replaced. So that they were perfect. Nothing needed to be done there. So with your help and uh, with Mark's help, we planned a renovation. And what we decided to do was uh, the obvious things like uh, filling cracks, et cetera, et cetera, to, uh, giving the whole place a paint. We decided to uh, do a spray of the kitchen cupboards. They were timber uh, kitchen cupboards, uh, spraying them white, uh, spraying the flashback tiles as well with, with a, a coating, uh, white as well, putting new handles on there, replacing the uh, outdated oyster lights, which were didn't get give a great light and which were looking a bit old fashioned anyway replacing them with new ones, putting new carpet in both the bedrooms. That's where the only carpet was. Uh, we'd recently put new blinds in there so that they were fine. Then the other thing was really doing a thorough detail of the place. And that uh, was the final thing which really, really picked the place up, you know, really made a hell of a difference to it. So we did that. Uh, we decided to do that late 2019. So this was all going to happen over the uh, Christmas New Year period because Mark really wanted to get it uh, ready for auction. So it was uh, up for auction on the first weekend of the, the first auction weekend of the, uh, 
of the new year, which is in early February. So we went ahead and did that, managed to find tradespeople who could who could work over Christmas and New Year. That was um, that in itself was a bit of a feat, and it was all done um, fairly quickly. Oh, we, we replaced shower screens as well. Mark even got in there with us <laughs> with a, a screwdriver and so on to, to to do the actual shower screen replacement himself. But uh, uh, so he treated it like it was his own um, project, really. You know, so he was I have like to that. say. I think he was amazing. So for a few reasons, but the first reason is that usually when you say to an agent, I think that I might, um, you know, renovate my property before I sell it, a lot of agents will say, no, don't do that. Um, you know, it doesn't need it sort of thing. And or you won't get any more for it. And the reason they do that is because they're worried they're going to lose the agency. So that if you go off and do a reno, then, you, you know, you might run it, you know, talk to another agent and give them the agency and agencies, you know, listings are their bread and butter. So, so he um, really absolutely did the right thing by you. And not only did he do that, but he did the management as well, which is um, great. I know my agent does that too, but that's, you know, some agents could not give two hoots and he certainly went over and above. So certainly want to give him a um, call out. Well, he, obviously he wanted to maximise his commission and he, he knew exactly what to do to, um, to do that, you know, what he knew what this, this project needed yeah. to uh, get the best price at market. So, uh, yeah. and I, don't, I that. don't know that, that it really is around maximising the commission because you think about it, you know, I don't know, you know, it, it's usually around sitting around 2%. 2% of it, an extra 100 grand is not a massive amount of money for the for the amount of work that he would he put in. So uh, I think it's really driven by his desire to do the right thing by his client. Yep, yep, yep. Like you've, yep. Got to, you've got to recognise a good one when you see, see one because, seriously, there are a lot of sharks out there. So, yeah, yeah. So, of course, you styled. Good boy. Yep, yep. And, uh, yes, we got we, we used um, uh, Bowerbird Interiors yep. to, to, to re-rented the furniture from them. And uh, so the place looked looked amazing. We we had that furniture there for six weeks in case we needed it. Uh, in the end, we didn't need it for that long anyway. But uh, it was uh, it, it it really just lifted the place up. So yeah, yeah. And so in terms of that, and just for those who who are listening to this, I know it's always a bit tricky talking about something that's so visual in an audio format. But lucky. Tim is a videographer, so he's done a really amazing video of the whole um, process. Even the auction is is videoed. Um, or I would have appreciated you did a bit more photoshopping on me or whatever you do in videos. But <laughs> I'm there in my um, yes, natural beauty, um, and um, and also photos will be on the page that we publish this, so you'll you'll be able to see exactly what we're talking about. So in terms of the um, makeover, what did it cost? Uh, all up, I did the sums the other day, all up we spent 17500 on it. Okay. Uh, that included the new carpet, the painting, the spraying of the, uh, the splashback and the kitchen cupboards, 
Uh, it included the detailing, which was probably, uh, the detailing actually was the most expensive part of it, but it was certainly the, the it really made such a, such a difference to it. That was about $4,000, I think, something like that. Um, we, uh, let me see, there was the, of, of course, the rental of the furniture uh, mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, all up 17, 17,500. So how much was your styling, the furniture? That, that was just over $4,000. Oh, okay. sorry, the styling was, um, that was around about uh, 3000 I think, 3500 that's, that's really reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was um, it was good. Um, it uh, uh, yeah, the the other expense was of course the electrician replacing the um, uh, oyster lights as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so spent seventeen thousand, and so how did the campaign go? Like, did you have a lot of interest? Uh, yes, there was uh, uh, almost from the start. The um, I'll, I'll probably one other point to make about the. Uh, uh, where we spent money too. I, I was, you know, being the owner and sort of being want everything to be presented as well as possible. There's, I would have, uh, you know, naturally just let, let my head go with sort of uh, spending money on fixing things up and needed to be fixed up. But thankfully, uh, between you and Mark, you know, you reined that in a bit and sort of said, well, it's not going to reflect in the in the end price that you get, you know, so just pull back a bit you know, on this, you know. So there was a few things like that and, uh the, the video actually shows one particular example of that uh, very clearly. But um, there are there are things, yeah, you've just got to um, pull the reins in and sort of think, well, really, this is this is a nice to have, but is it going to make a difference to the end price, you know? So, yeah, so the campaign itself, uh, uh, there was a, a couple of weeks of open houses and then uh, a, a few uh, private uh, showings as well. But mostly the open houses is uh, is what uh, Mark was in, uh, encouraging. So they were usually on a on a Wednesday after on a Thursday afternoon and a and a Saturday afternoon for for a few weeks. Uh, so did so, you did you have the sense that um, buyers were really um, excited about the property? Yes, yes. I, I think uh, you know they they sort of they play their cards close mm. to their chest. But based on the, like, put it this way, the, the, the negative feedback, there was no negative feedback as such, you know, so that was a good sign. I knew that we would uh, at least get the price of the, the minimum price of eight hundred and fifty thousand, which is what the, they were they were saying it was going to be between eight hundred and fifty and eight hundred and eighty thousand. That's what they could get for it, you know. Um, so I knew it would be at least that, but I sort of was feeling quietly confident that we'd get more than that, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. ultimately, it sold for nine hundred and sixty thousand. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So we could probably pretty safely say that Ureno added about a hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, I think it, a few thing, a few other things that came into that was that um, uh, we had it ready for that very first weekend mm -hmm. of the um, uh, the auction year, and so there was pent up demand over the Christmas holidays and so on. So there was a there was a big turnout on on the day, and we had uh, I think we had uh, it was eight to ten registered buyers uh, on the day. So that was quite quite a lot as well. So yeah, so mm -hmm. it, it, having having it there and ready to go, and being basically the first in the area for the new mm -hmm. year as well was um, that made a, a a big difference. You know, sort of so beating everybody else to the punch. So exactly, yeah. that's timing is everything, isn't it? 
Yeah. Oh, very yeah. much so. Yeah. 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 So um, actually, I was just going to step back. The reason I was asking you about whether you had an inkling that it was going to go so well, I always find it really hard when you take a property to market and it always happens that you know that you've absolutely nailed it. You know the property is absolutely stunning and people love it, but you don't get that feedback because they are all holding their cards really tightly to their chest. And it, as, you know, as the seller, that can be quite um, unsettling. Like I have to always keep reminding myself, they're not telling me how much they love it because, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I also get a bit worried when I don't get any negative feedback because I sort of sometimes think that negative feedback is someone that's really thinking seriously about the property, like they're picking it to bits. But, yeah, that, that's just my little thing about, um, yeah, being, being the seller, you need to be, well, particularly as a renovator, as a new renovator, you need to be prepared for that because it can often sort of feel like things are not going that well. Yeah, I was lucky. I I, I was in experienced hands, so yeah. uh, you know, yeah. so that that made me feel a bit better about it all. You know, in fact, I think in the end I was probably I was too relaxed in the end. You know, really. So, so you seriously, know. you would have to be the coolest operator I have ever <laughs> ever. Uh, no uh, DIY awesome. in your camp. <laughs> outsource yeah. it all and just let it roll in and that's exactly what's happened yeah 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 and it certainly paid off you know it's uh it's it was a good project you know and i'm very pleased with the outcome of it yeah and i think the other thing is um getting in and getting out really quickly when you know the market's good um i know we we also did that because different circumstances, but with both Rennie Street and Bondi, we'd been holding them all year. And uh, it really the market really started to pick up and there was a real shortage of stock, which was similar for you. And I thought, you know what, it's time to move because when the window of opportunity opens, you've got to jump through it. And so within a week, we had, you know, both properties on the market and sold within three weeks. In fact, I sold four properties in three weeks just by moving quickly and capturing the moment. Yeah, because if we were trying to sell it now, yeah, mm. it would be a totally different kettle of fish, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the proceeds have enabled you to actually go and buy your PPOR. PPOR? <laughs> the principal place of rent. I'll write a course. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. And so mm -hmm. do you want to tell us a bit about what you've bought? Uh, well, uh, I've, I've um, moving to uh, Lismore. Lismore is basically the hub of the, the Northern Rivers in some ways. I mean, some people say Byron Bay is, but I really don't like Byron Bay. It's just way too busy and uh, it's, a, it's a permanent car park. But uh, Lismore's got, it's got, it's like 30 minutes from the coast and it's got the country town feel, but it's still got that sort of tropical feel as well. You know, it's a nice combination. Um, uh, certainly in Lismore, you certainly don't buy down on the flat because it gets flood quite, flooded quite regularly. Even though there's some levees there now, it's still uh, you don't you don't buy on the flat. So, but there is a suburb of Lismore called Gunelabar, which is around about uh, 20, 30 years old, uh, and it has uh, lots of good stock in it, and it's up high and some great views. So uh, what sold me about the place I've got up there, it's a battle axe block. Uh, it's a steep driveway, 
but um, luckily it's it, the auto bins are full going down the driveway and they're empty coming up. So <laughs> fantastic views over the valley and over the town, and that's really what sold me on the place. It's three bedrooms, so there's plenty of room for people to come and stay, and solid, uh, good condition. And there's not a lot that needs to be done to it, more cosmetic things. So I'm actually thinking, I really don't like the external brickwork. So I'm thinking of um, bagging, bagging it and painting it. Uh, I'll look into that further when I'm up there. Um, and yeah, so uh, and I know lots of people up there already. So it's not as if I'll sort of be uh, very lonely or anything like that. Mm. There's already lots of, um, lots of friends up there. So yeah. Yes, we're going to miss you. <laughs> uh, oh but I well. guess now that we're into this online networking and socialising, it'll probably be better. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yes, I'll, I'll um, yeah, be keeping in touch with lots of people like yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, go on. Uh, there's, uh, did you want to talk about uh, any of the other uh, things that we discovered with the, with the place? Uh, you know, yeah, like, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So this is this is one for, uh, as Bernadette's already said, being a um, kind of a hands-off person, you know, and sort of handing handing everything over. So I haven't really been very hands-on with this property in the last twenty-one years, um, and we were, we're we'd gone to market with the place. Uh, it, it's like two bedrooms, two balconies, two bathrooms. There is a car space downstairs under the building, um, but um, Mark phoned me up one day and said. Uh, do you have a storeroom uh, attached to this at all? And I said, I don't, because it'd been 21 years, so I couldn't really remember. So when I went and looked at the um, uh, original plans, the original contract, sure, there was a storeroom with uh, uh, just next to the car park. And he said, well, he said, um, there's actually, that's now an MDF room. An MDF room is basically like a room where Telstra puts all their all their boards and everything but, uh, when they... They, um, that come in off the street. So um, at some stage in the last 21 years, the body corporate had decided to give this storeroom, which actually belonged to my apartment, over to Telstra. And without any, without ever consulting me or organising a, a purchase of it or whatever, so we en ended up having to put a caveat in the contract saying, you know, there is a, the original uh, plan had included the storeroom but that is not in this that's not in this sale uh, and if the um, new owner wants to do something about it with the body corporate they can but we didn't have time to do anything about it to start off with but I guess the point I'm making there is you know you just be wary that things like that can happen that uh, if you if you're very stand you know stand um, uh, if you stand back from a, pro uh, a property and and not sort of constantly keeping your eye on it kind of thing the um it's obviously happened in the last 21 years and i would say it was probably uh, the tenants that have been in there for 15 years they probably didn't even know that they had this storeroom uh, uh, next to the car park so i think it's been there as an mdf room for quite some time so yeah but that so that was one thing that we we uh, we discovered the other thing was that sometime in the last 21 years um, there's an electrician's come in. There was a PowerPoint in the second bedroom that uh, wasn't working, and so the electrician's done this uh, lazy job of um, running a, um, a conduit from the ceiling down a wall and across an, a wall and across another wall, and then put this PowerPoint there so that there was power in the room. 
and uh, it looked really terrible. looked looked really terrible. So it, it, we we I said, look, we, I want to get rid of that. You know, we really need to uh, either chase uh, either chase it into the wall, or well, get the old PowerPoint working and just pull this one out was the ideal thing to do. You know. Um, because of how it was, the old PowerPoint was wired and what the work that was needed to be done, that was going to be uh, about a $2,000 job to get that happening. And I suspect because of that, that's why they ended up running this other uh, PowerPoint down from the ceiling anyway. So the alternative to that was to sort of chase this conduit into the wall. Again, that would be a very expensive uh, process. So in the end, we decided let's just leave it the way it is and just paint over it. And that's what we did. And no one ever commented on it the whole time we had inspections and so on. Uh, and it's still there. It's still running down from the ceiling and across a wall. It's painted the same colour as the wall. No one's ever said anything. So that was, that's $2,000 that we could have spent, but we obviously, at Indiana, didn't make any difference to yeah. things, you know. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that was the two main things we found, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. It's um, the whole um, possession is nine-tenths of the, the law is an interesting one um, because you may, you probably wouldn't, if, if you've not sort of, if it's been, Telstra has had it for that long, you probably don't really have much opportunity to challenge that. It's I, kind of squatter's rights in a way, it is, isn't it? Actually, yeah. we experienced that. We had a property which we bought and um, the fence, the neighbours had put in a new fence and and it was sort of running on an angle and it was off the boundary. Down the back, it was around about oh, 600 mil off the boundary. So quite a decent amount in a tiny terrace house. That was a lot of um, space. But because it had been there for who knows how long, we di really didn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but anyhow, that's that's... Um, unfortunately, you really do need to keep your wits about you with every property, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to recap some of the main points. So the main points in terms of having such a great outcome, one, the fact that you did do a makeover, did, did a reno, um, it would be, you know, um, as I said, a lot of agents would encourage you just to go to market straight away. The other one, you got your timing right, okay, so being... Um, you know, uh, considerate about what time you go to market and having a strategy around that. Um, the the other thing, um, the forensic cleaner was an interesting, um, that was an interesting outcome. So basically yep. she brought all the chrome and the stainless steel back to new. And the, and uh, things like the stove top. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, everything looked like it was brand new. Yeah. Yeah, which is a massive thing because... Yeah, grouting. Yeah, uh, yeah. The ex, uh, the uh, balcony, uh, the quarry tiles in the balconies. You know, yeah, all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. made a hell of a difference. Exactly, and um, of course, holding back on what you spend, not going absolutely berserk, because that's the other thing. You've got to really sort of tailor it to the area and to the buyer. So the type of buyer, if that property was say in um in surrey hills and it was quite a nice small block it's not a massive uh, apartment block but if it was in in a location like that you might go a bit further but because of where it was and who your buyer was it was um that was definitely appropriate 
and just really um, engaging good professionals and a good agent and letting them do their job. I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've done well. So yeah. congratulations. Well, and then you. the next step is your sea change. That's right, yes, yes. Sea change, tree change. Uh, the, uh, Lismore's kind of on the cusp of both of them in a way. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit envious, but not a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> At one yeah. stage, I went to visit a student in the... Um, oh, she, she's in Maitland. She's doing a project. And um, they just bought a house, which was absolutely stunning, um, overlooking... It's got like a... Um, a lap pool that's right up against the house, T-shape, and with an infinity edge, and it overlooks um, acres of land and a, a lake with ducks on it. And I came home and I said to Stephen, I really want to buy a country house. Like, I was, it's just gorgeous. And he said, why would you want to do that, you know? But I was, because I've been to this place and I love it and I think it would be good if we had a country house. And then someone said to me, you realise no Uber Eats, you've got to, you know, if you go out for dinner, you've got to be out and home by 8 o'clock because they don't stay open late or anything like that. I thought, yeah, you're right, I won't survive. (laughs) (laughs) So that put an end to the country house. But so how do you think you're going to survive? Um, oh, look, I, I, I'm actually really craving solitude. Um, you know, it's uh, my life in Surrey Hills here has been sort of like very hectic. And I've actually really enjoyed the whole lockdown thing <laughs> because uh, it's given me a chance to, I've, I've managed to get so much more done because there's not the interruptions of sort of uh, having to go out and meet people all the time and so on. So that's been really good. I've got through a hell of a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to my time up there as well and knowing that there is plenty of people that I know around but also knowing that there's lots to explore, that uh, I haven't got that uh, that mortgage hanging over my head and that hopefully I'll have lots of visitors. That's the reason I bought a three-bedroom yeah. three place, you know. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Be a party house. Uh, yeah, kind of a party house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've, I had been thinking. I have a place in Cessnock, and uh, which is on short-term rental. I had been thinking about converting that back to long-term rental and moving the furniture from there up to Lismore, but I've decided that uh, there's a few good bookings in there uh, coming up, uh, and I think it's obviously for uh, people who are obviously consultants to mines or something like that who have made these bookings because they're like, you know, two weeks at a time kind of. So uh, I've, I've decided to leave it on short-term rental for the moment and ride it out because I think a lot of people will be wanting to get away when this is all over. So, uh, uh, so. I absolutely agree with you. And I think the other thing that's happened is, because um, obviously I have a big interest in short-term rental, is that a lot of people... Um, have taken their properties off short-term rental because, you know, clearly it's, you know, the, what's happened has just annihilated it. But, and so that when it does come back on, there are less properties there. So, um, but of course you need to be pragmatic about it. You need to make sure that you've, you've got income coming in. So um, it's great that you've got those good bookings and yeah. So awesome. I, yeah. I put mine up for um, early res- uh, first responders and healthcare workers, um, and I gave them the opportunity to they could ask for for free if they were you know needed to, and so I've just got my second booking today. So yeah, so I sort of think well, 
I may as well spend the time doing some good while things are like I consider myself quite lucky because I'm not overly, well, I can't say I'm not affected, uh, definitely affected, but not to the point where we're desperate. So, yeah, so, you know, creating a bit of joy. Yeah, good stuff. quite dark. Good stuff, yeah. So, um, and just before we go, did we say what, did you say how much what the purchase price of the property was? Uh, Three hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay. That was twenty-one years ago, so uh, I did well with that. It was yeah. a good investment. Three twenty-five sold for nine hundred and sixty. Yeah, yeah, so it's about mm-hmm. triple what you paid for it. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it set you up for your um, t- partial retirement. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And just. Um, as our, our last thing, what do you do as a day job? My day job, I'm a videographer and web developer. So, uh, so yeah, so the, I'm sure you'll be putting a link, I guess, to the video. Uh, I will. Uh, so yeah, do you want to just give us the name of the company so we can give you a little plug? Uh, oh, Oculuma, O-C-U-L-U-M-A. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, try, I'm concentrating on the video side of things these days, but I do web, web development as well. So Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, listen, congratulations, really lovely story and I'm thrilled that you are getting to make the change that you dream of and it's lovely that you've got an extra 80-odd thousand in your pocket to take with you, yeah. which is what mm-hmm. we're all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you. That's the Thanks, end Bernadette. of the interview. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. All well, right. Thanks, Bernadette. No worries, Tim. Have a good day. Thank you. Same to you. Bye. See you later. Bye. As always, I hope that this episode was helpful. If you enjoyed it, I'd be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review. I read them all and they absolutely make my day. Also, if you're not a member yet, you can come over and join the free She Renovates Facebook group where we're having a lot of fun doing some quick and dirty room makeovers at present. See you there. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.